Hello, everyone. Welcome to the morning after edition of the Betting Life Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. It's Monday morning, so it's time to talk about Monday Night Football for Week 10 and also those early lines for Week 11. And here with me to break it all down is Matt LaMarca. LaMarca, Week 10, uh, you know, I'm assuming it went better than Week 9. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, It was honestly a great week for me. Um Seven and one on all my plays, including Thursday night football needed it desperately, but uh, also just like a good week, I think for the NFL in general, right? Like who knew all we needed to get some points on the scoreboard was the chiefs, dolphins, Rams, and Eagles to take the week off. <laughs> it's true. Uh, CJ Stroud. Can, I want to just have a, a quick um, tangent here. Okay. Obviously he's locked up barring like, catastrophic injury and even then i don't know if that would be enough but he's locked up uh offensive rookie of the year there's been some mvp talk this feels ridiculous yeah Can i ridiculous. just say that like yeah. pump pump the brakes it feels ridiculous like he's not the best quarterback in the nfl he's not like one of the best five quarterbacks in the nfl although he's like playing awesome like there's no denying that um but you know like that award normally goes to one of the top five quarterbacks and it normally goes to a guy who's on one of the best teams in the league and he's not one of the best quarterbacks and the Texans aren't one of the best teams. I just felt compelled to say that because I've seen some ridiculous talk on Twitter or X of uh, Stroud for MVP. Yeah, even even uh, Schefter was getting in on it a little bit, which uh, seemed I don't know. It seems definitely pretty aggressive. Uh, I do think it's fair to say. He's having one of the greatest rookie seasons we've ever seen for a quarterback. I mean, yes. two interceptions is absurd. Um, and I, I'm I'm glad we talked about Stroud for rookie of the year. He was still plus money, like, you know, around week three, week four. So uh, hopefully you guys got some exposure there. Unfortunately, I can't bet it because New York is no fun. But uh, if I could, I would. I would have lots of CJ Stroud exposure right now. The guy is the real deal. Uh, and I'm happy for uh, for the Texans. You know, some some teams seem to have all the luck when it comes to quarterbacks. My team, the Jets, not one of them. But uh, the Texans seem to have found something. Certainly. And I will say uh, D'Amico Ryans, he's not going to win coach of the year because he's going to get Dan Campbell. But I feel like he is having a coach of the year caliber type of first season uh, with the Texans really impressed with what they are doing. All right, let's get to Monday night football. We have the Denver Broncos on the road playing the Buffalo bills and this number in the market is seven across the board, 47 and a half across the board. This did dip down to 46 and a half and has been bet back up to the 47 and a half. Now you see in the market, uh, Lamarca, any inclinations here? Yeah, the Sharps like the over in this spot. Um, we we saw, you know, as we talked about, the over had a little bit of a bounce back in week 10. I'm not necessarily going to play the over in this spot, but I do think it's going to stop me from looking to play my one millionth primetime under in a row. Uh, and as far as the sides go, I think the Broncos are clearly the correct side. But now that it's down to seven, I don't know if I want to play it at that number. If it was still seven and a half, I would, or a seven and a half pops before kickoff. I will probably lock a play on the Broncos into the bet tracker. I still might do it at seven. We'll see how things go. But um, 
the Broncos defense, the way they've been playing, the way they've been running the ball on offense, I think that they can keep this game close with how lethargic the Bills have looked of late. So uh, I, I think, you know, Jeff Ulrich did a good job breaking down this game for our Monday Night Football breakdown. I, I don't have any action on it currently, but, you know, I lean towards the Broncos and I lean towards the over. I don't have a bet on it like you. Uh, I will say my projection for the total is very much in line with the market. I have it at 47.3, so nothing there. Uh, and I agree that the the Broncos are the quote-unquote right side here. Um, you know, like my projections uh, had this at like six and a half. And this was when, you know, you saw eight and a half, eight, seven and a half in the market. And I didn't bet it then. And so if I didn't bet it then, I'm definitely not betting it now that it's seven. And I didn't bet it then in part because even though the Broncos are like, I guess just statistically projection wise, the right side, like I, I have like the feeling in my stomach that this could be the game where the bills just totally break out. And, um, you know, they've had a little bit of time to think about how to get their defense right. And like, you can't really quantify. I know this is so bad because normally I don't think about like situational spots uh, that you can't quantify, but like you kind of can't quantify the fact that the Broncos suck and that they really don't have anything to play for this season and that the Bills must win this game. And they are still like a championship contender. Just even a couple of weeks ago, they still had the highest power ratings in the market. And now yep. people are acting as if they're dead. Um, I just... I can see this as a spot where the bills just like put their throat like or like their foot on the throat of, of the Broncos and just destroy them all game long. So it's, it's funny. I just kind of don't want to, I don't want to bet into that. Yeah. It, it's funny. You mentioned the, the perception of the bills as being dead, but still having, you know, really good metrics. And like, I just, I, I, I had a free bet on one of the, one of the sites and I threw it on the the Bills to win the Super Bowl at twenty to one. That felt like really good odds, um, yeah. you know, compared to where they were listed at preseason. So uh, I thought plus two thousand was a pretty good price for them. And you know, clearly the talents there. They they have a lot of injuries on defense, but uh, if this team does flip the switch, they can win this game pretty easily if if they yeah. want it. I mean, here's the thing: defense comes and goes. Right. Like it like it is very volatile and it is not as important anyway in like determining the outcome of a game and the outcome of season. And Josh Allen is still playing for all the interceptions. He's still playing at a near MVP level, you know, uh, just in terms of completion percentage over expectation and EPA composite or composite, as our friend Jeff Ulrich would say. Uh, and he's number one in ESPN's QBR, you know, like he is having a very good year. So if you have the best quarter, I wouldn't say the best quarterback, but a top three quarterback who is playing like a top three quarterback, um, you know, that guy can drag a defense a long way. So yeah, that's, that's my way of saying, I don't have any action on the side or the total in this game. I do have a position on Samaje P Ryan over 12 and a half yards receiving, and the basic thesis is this. Uh, he's gone over this number in every game this year. That's sort of the end of my my handicapping. I have it projected to the over, but it's just like this is this is what he does. He goes over this number every game. Uh, anything stand out to you in the the prop market? Uh, Josh Allen over 33 and a half passing attempts. Um, he's had at least 40 
or at least 38 in four of the last five games. You know, if we're expecting this to be a closer contest, which I think most most people are, uh, despite the spread being at a touchdown, like the Bills have to throw the ball. They don't have much of a running game. Um, I, I, it's going to be another, you know, 35 plus passes for Josh Allen, I think. So, yeah, that 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 to me is grading out as the best the best prop right now. All right, let's get into the week 11 slate. And you mentioned at the top of the show uh, the the four strong offensive teams that we had on by this past week. This week, we have the Falcons, the Colts, the Patriots and the Saints. Oh, they will not be missed. <laughs> you know, they will they will not be missed. Maybe not even by like their own fans will they be missed. Like Falcons fans might enjoy uh not having a weekend of Arthur Smith in their lives. So, uh maybe it will be a good week for all football fans. Uh Thursday night football. This could be a banger of a game. Like finally, oh, yeah. we're getting a good Thursday night football game. Bengals on the road playing the division rival Ravens uh, and looking at the market right now, this is three and a half. Uh, it was, you know, three, three and a half and the look ahead market. It opened at four has been bet down to three and a half. The total 43 and a half uh, across the board. Lamarca, what stands out to you? Yeah, should be, should be a really good game. Uh, I think most people are going to gravitate towards taking three and a half with the Bengals, but it would not surprise me if the Sharps are on the Ravens in this spot. The Sharps have been on the Ravens basically all season. Uh, and I thought that their game on Sunday against the Browns was a little misleading. You know, they they jumped out to a pretty big lead and ultimately let Cleveland climb back into it and steal a win. But Baltimore was the better team in that game for, for most of it. So. Uh, I still think that they can make a case to being the best team in football. You know, we talk about the Massey Peabody power ratings quite a bit, and they were the number one team heading into last week by like a a two point margin, which is significant. So I, I could see myself being on the Ravens here. I could also see myself looking at the over. Uh, these two teams like have been offensive machines of late right the ravens just scored 30 plus against the browns the bengals have been firing all cylinders since they've come back from the bye uh 44 or 43 and a half i don't know if if that kind of feels a smidge low to me okay uh, we are on the exact opposite sides of this game. <laughs> uh, I I already have bet the Bengals. Uh, bet them at plus three and a half. Um, I think that this should be closer to a. Let me see if I can get my projections here. I have this projected around two and a half. Um, and I think part of it is kind of. And I, I agree with you about the Ravens and their game in Week Ten. They were the right side. I think part of it is thinking about the Bengals and how much do we hold this past week against them? And I don't hold much of it against them. Um, You know, no T Higgins. The Texans team is just a really good team. Um, But, you know, going against a division rival, that is a very different type of uh, proposition altogether. And I like the under here. Um, I, let me see where I bet it. I bet it at 44. 
if you look at Kevin Cole's uh, of unexpected points, if you look at his adjusted scores, the the Ravens and Browns game, like, I mean, it had two defensive touchdowns in it. Like, there was a lot of help that pushed that game to the over. And I think with this being, you know, short rest, primetime, divisional matchup, uh, weather starting to get cold, outside game, right? It just feels like the spot for an under here. So 44, I know it's not that high of a number, but given that it is an AFC North matchup, 44 is kind of a higher number. So uh, taking the under here. All right. Hold on. I just looked looked this up and I had to share it. What do you think Joe Burrow's record is? Regular season and postseason as an underdog of at least a field goal. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Give me the number of games. 17 games. Okay. Um, underdog, not counting, like not road underdog, just underdog. Just underdog yeah. of at least three points. 17 games. I'm going to say he's uh, 12 and five. About 15 and two. Yeah. Like, this is the spot. Like, Burrow on the road, Burrow as an underdog, like, this is the spot to back him. Um, so I, you know, I understand, and you are absolutely right. The sharps have been on the Ravens. And if I had thought about it a little bit more, maybe I would have been like, okay, you know what? Maybe I don't bet this right away, but I also just wanted to make sure that I had the three and a half because I, you know, I didn't want this to drop down to three and then lose that. So the difference from three and a half to four and a half, even five, not that big of a deal. I just wanted to lock in the three and a half, but I, I could see you being right that this line could move in one direction towards the Ravens because they have been getting the sharp money for weeks now, you know, like a month at this point. All right. Looking at Sunday, starting with the Cowboys on the road playing the Panthers uh, in the look ahead market. This was eight and a half, nine opened 10 and a half last night with the Cowboys being favored. It is still there. Uh, 41 in the look ahead market, 41 and a half is where this opened. It is now up to 42 and I could see the over continuing to take money. Uh, LaMarca, what do you think here? Yeah, I, I think the Cowboys are totally reasonable to play as double digit favorites on the road. Uh, this Panthers team is just really bad. Uh, CJ Stroud, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt heading into last week. Like, I, I kept saying, you know, he hasn't been as bad as, as you think, and it's just the expectations of being the number one overall pick, being compared to CJ Stroud. And then he goes out and he plays just a god-awful game against the Bears. Uh, so I. I I don't know what there is to be excited with at the Panthers at the moment. Uh, and meanwhile, the Cowboys, they kind of remind me of the heat when LeBron James was on there. Like, when they are playing a bad team, they have no problem just letting their superiority shine and winning by 30-plus. In yeah. in five of the six Cowboy wins this season, they've won by at least 20 points including obviously last week against the Giants. So I think, you know, it's another spot where the Cowboys are just the better team. And I expect them to just, you know, sort of put their foot on the gas and, and run away with it. 
Yeah, they're bullies. And this has actually gotten out to 11. And I don't see what's to keep it from getting to 12 and a half. Yeah. You know, and at that point, why wouldn't it test 13? So we will see how far this goes, but I doubt if it stops at 11. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I let me see here. I do have a position on this. I bet it at eight and a half in the look ahead market. Shout out me. Uh, just basically lock in the loss now, given that uh, I, I bet it. I've gotten the Cowboys wrong like every week this year. Um, at least like the best thing I can say is that I didn't bet on them or against them last week. I just decided <laughs> to take that game off. Although I did bet the under, uh, which looked like a, a great bet, uh, until the game actually started. So that's, uh, that's me and my Cowboys fandom self-loathing for the week. Okay. Next game here on the Sunday slate, we've got the Steelers on the road, another AFC North matchup, uh, playing the Cleveland Browns. Steelers four point road underdogs 37 and a half was the number in the look ahead market for the total. It opened at 38 and a half and it is still at 38 and a half. LaMarca, are you on the Browns or the Steelers? Because you're betting this game. Yeah, this is another one that I, or this is a game I've already locked in. It was kind of the way that I led my uh, early lines piece for week 11. Uh, and I, I might be on the wrong side. Because I already locked in the Browns minus four, and uh, it looks like there has been a three and a half that's popped at DraftKings. So it might be tr- might be heading down as opposed to up. But uh, I just think that this this Steelers team is a complete fraud. Um, they were outgained again last week. They let the Packers roll up four hundred yards of total offense but they just find ways to win and keep games close. And when I look at this Browns team, like they are the Steelers. They're just a better version of them in everything that they do, right? They're better defensively. They're better on offense. And this seems like the spot where the Mike Tomlin voodoo magic finally runs out. Um, The Browns, we've known all season how good their defense is. And the question has been, can their offense hold up their end of the bargain? And they've now scored at least 27 points in three of their last four games. If they get to that number or close to it against the Steelers, I I think they cover four points pretty easily. You know, uh, I I think Pittsburgh's going to struggle to crack 20 barring a defensive touchdown or two. Uh, the first two, two time, the first time these two teams played this season, the Steelers did win, but the Browns outgained them by more than 150 yards. Like they're just the better team and they're at home. I have no problem laying the points with Cleveland. Uh, I, I hear you and I don't really disagree with anything that you're saying. The, <laughs> I do have the Browns power rated as the better team. I have them power rated a point and a half ahead of the Steelers. The thing is, they are more injured than the Steelers. Home field advantage doesn't mean as much in division games. Home field advantage is cut in half in division games. Um, You have the fact that Stefanski has a pretty bad against the spread record as a favorite. He has a bad against the spread record in division. And he's going against Tomlin, who has a good against the spread record as a dog and a good against the spread record in division. 
Um, and then specifically, you think about like that head-to-head matchup. I believe that Tomlin is now six and two against the spread against the Browns under Stefanski. And that is including the playoff loss where Stefanski was out because of COVID protocol. Um, (laughs) You know, so like Stefanski, I mean, like I'm giving that to him, but he wasn't even the coach on the sideline for that game. So like I have this projected on the other side of three. This is the game uh, that I have actually like the widest discrepancy on from the market. I have this projected at 1.75. So, you know, like I feel like objectively, like you are correct. Uh, the Browns are the better team. There's just something it's like, you know, like I'm not into boxing, but people who are into boxing say like the styles make fights type of thing. Like, I feel like that's how this is. It's an AFC North matchup. It's going to be within three points. You know, like that is just the type of game that this is. It's very fair. Um, you know, my, my ratings have a much larger gap between these two teams than yours do. So it's it's not surprising that we see this game differently. Like, again, I, I come back to that Walter White, Jesse Pinkman, like they can't keep getting away with it. Right. Like the Steelers expected record right now, based on their point differential, is 3.7 and 5.3. And they're a six and three team. Like if this was any other team with any other head coach, we'd be calling them the 2022 version of the Minnesota Vikings. But because it's Tomlin, it's like, well, you know, he's done it again. That voodoo magic. You're not, you're not wrong. (laughs) You are correct. They like, just in terms of like luck rankings, I believe the Steelers are the luckiest team in the league. Uh, you know, but like, it just, as you say, like, it does feel like Tomlin, like Tomlin's teams somehow create their own luck. Uh, a team that does not really create its own luck is, uh, the Chicago bears. Uh, presumably they will be getting Justin Fields back in this game. Uh, even so they are nine and a half. 10 point underdogs now in the market on the road playing the lions who are coming off of a a big win uh on the road against the chargers 46 and a half is the total in the market uh what do you think of this game i think if fields back you can make a case for the over um, that actually is has gotten a bunch of sharp interest to start the week is the over in this game but uh, I don't I don't really want to touch the side. I, I think the Lions are really good. I think they're extremely well coached under Dan Campbell uh, and the Bears are not. So 10 feels about right. It's, it's you know, it's between nine and 10 at most places. This line. I, I'm not going to have a play on this game, at least from a side perspective, but with fields, the the Bears were kind of an over machine to start the season. and. You know, the Lions just scored 42 against the Chargers. So I, I think certainly they can put some points on the scoreboard of their own. Uh, if Fields comes back, this this game will have my attention for an over. Yeah, I I feel you there like I and that is like my gut instinct, although uh, I did get burned on betting an over with the Bears last week. And that's maybe informing the way that I'm thinking about this now. Like the Bears, so there were two different things that were happening at the same time. One was Justin Fields being out. One was getting back a number of players on their defense and then also trading for Montez Sweat. 
And both of those things have made the Bears more of an under team recently. And so with Fields coming back, I think that, you know, fixes part of it. But that defense actually just might be better than I was giving it credit for in the first half of the season. Part of that just could be the defense naturally improving. And part of that could be also the return uh, of, you know, injured players in addition of sweat. So uh, I'm not as bullish on the the over the over as you are but uh it's one that it's one that i'm going to think about um but i'm probably not going to have a position on this game um another game here i don't have a bet on it yet but i am interested i'm intrigued i want your perspective cardinals on the road playing the texans this was between four four and a half in the look ahead market it is out to five now with the texans being favored and the over has taken money this was between 46 and 47 in the look ahead market and it is now 48 and a half for the total lamarca what are your thoughts with this game yeah this was another game in my early lines piece and i talked about the over uh, I I said that if this was if this game happened like three years ago, the total in this game would have been in the fifties. So the fact that it's you know only in the high forties at this point, I, I do feel like that's a little bit of a value. The Cardinals have been a rare over team this season. They're now six and four to the over, and with Kyler Murray, I think they have the potential to be an even better over team. And, you know, the Texans have now played in two straight shootouts. So I could definitely see there being a ton of points in this matchup. From a a spread perspective, um, pass, I guess. Like, Texans minus five up to minus six feels about right to me. Um, I don't have a, a ton of interest in backing them as, like, favorites right now. They've mm-hmm. they've kind of played a lot of close games. I don't know if they're the type of team that I necessarily want to target as moderate favorites at this point. So the Cardinals, uh, they were one of the few underdogs to win outright this past week. We were on them last week, wrote about them in the newsletter that's coming out today. Um I mean, they were the right side. And I feel like there's a a chance that with Kyler Murray. Um, they are better than they will be getting credit for in the market. That was the case last week. It could, again, be the case this week. That said, I don't know if I actually want to bet into that, but I do have them uh, you know, showing value in this spot here. Um, it's not a world of value, but some value. Uh, but you know, that said, the market is moving against me. Uh, five and a half is actually popping up across the market now. And the over is moving to 49 at some books. So uh, I'm thinking about how I want to play this. I probably, if I'm on the Cardinals, I'm not betting them yet. I'm looking to see if this number gets to six, maybe even beyond that. Although I would kind of doubt if it went beyond that. But it feels like six is a possibility. I might lock in the 48 and a half uh, at DraftKings. Uh, It's still there um, while the rest of the market is moving to 49. I might do that. Um, it is interesting. Okay. Like when I when I saw this game, I kind of just assumed the sharps would be on the Cardinals and the squares would be on the Texans. But it's kind of the opposite way around, um, just based on the early betting numbers. Like 
The public really likes Kyler Murray, apparently, still. They don't realize that there's a new Call of Duty that just came out. And the Sharps are, like, just very happy, it seems like, to grab the Texans in this spot. So um, that, I think, like you said, Matt, if you are going to play Arizona, this line could close a little higher. So you're probably better off waiting. All right, next game on the board here, the Raiders on the road coming off of a primetime Sunday night victory going to the Dolphins who are coming off of the bye. Uh, This opened at nine and a half. It is now 10 and a half with a couple of nine and a halfs left in the market. The total opened at 48 and a half. That's where it was on the look ahead and it has been bet down a little bit to 47 and a half. Lamarca, anything with this game? Yeah, there's, it seems like there's been a touch of sharp action on the Raiders. Uh, to, to start the week, this number's down to nine and a half at FanDuel. Um, the way I'm going to bet this game is I'm going to take the over on Josh Jacobs carry prop as soon as it gets posted. <laughs> like Antonio Pierce just wants to run this guy into the ground. You know, I I wrote up the over on it was either 17 and a half or 18 and a half carries uh versus the jets and he cleared that with plenty of room to spare and he had 20 plus carries against the giants too i think it was even 26 carries or so against the giants so uh antonio pierce clearly wants to be a guy that runs the football and uh i could i I just think he's going to be a workhorse down the stretch so honestly that's that's the first thing that popped into my mind when I, I like, when I thought about this game. I like that. I like that angle. And the funny thing is, so one, I, I think you're right. And um, Antonio Pierce has probably had some confirmation bias and that he's won two games by doing that. And so he has little incentive to go away from what has worked for him to this point. And then Josh Jacobs, he was at like one carry for a significant chunk of the game. Uh, and then he just started, you know, just getting the ball fed to him as the Raiders started to take control. Uh, but like that was like that could have gone differently. And the fact that he was stuck at one carry for I feel like like the entire first quarter and maybe even into the second quarter and then still easily hit the over is a really encouraging sign there. Uh, I do have a position Dolphins minus uh nine and a half i bet it there i have this projected at uh let me see here i have this projected at ten and a half so uh you know happy to be getting that on the other side of 10 um this just feels like we've seen the dolphins beat you know handily really bad teams and it feels like that is what the raiders are uh, even though they're probably able to minimize that a little bit by just slowing the game down by giving it to Josh Jacobs, you know, like 30 times a game. But um, even with that, I do like the uh, the Dolphins in the spot at under 10. All right. Uh, the Giants, I will say, too, one yes. last thing. In a year where we have seen some disastrous quarterback play, I don't think Aiden O'Connell's a disaster. He uh, he's a rookie. He's not a disaster, you know. He's he's playing like a rookie quarterback instead of a bad quarterback. You know. Yeah, like I, I, I will, did not yeah. I did not watch that game last night and feel like there was a 
noticeable drop off between what Jimmy Garoppolo was giving them and what he's giving them. I'm not saying there's no uh, drop off, but it wasn't it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I mean, that is that is accurate, but it's just 4.7 adjusted yards per attempt last <laughs> okay. night. Like, yeah, was, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> like they were and the thing is he was doing that without being terrible which means that like they were putting him in a very tight box just in terms of like what they were asking him to do um so yeah like he wasn't he wasn't terrible but he wasn't i didn't feel like he was good um again like he looked like a rookie quarterback it looked like mm. he was being treated like a rookie quarterback and they were just kind of asking him not to lose the game for them which uh he you know managed to do so you know good for him all right, next game here on the board. Uh, another divisional matchup here. Uh, make sure I'm looking at the right page. Sorry. Where did my... Hmm. Sorry, I think I closed out of something here on my screen. Okay, uh, another divisional matchup. We have the Giants on the road playing the Commanders. Nine and a half is the number in the market going towards the Commanders. 37 is the total uh i haven't bet this yet but i could imagine myself having a position on this game uh where are you looking lamarca i have bet this game already uh it's it's crazy that the commanders are favored by double digits against anyone but what's even crazier is that i don't think they're big enough uh favorites yeah like this Giants team with Tommy DeVito, they're not the worst team in the league. They are they are like the worst team in the league by leaps and bounds. Name name something that you have to do on a football team to on a football field to be successful. And they and they're doing it at a level worse than just about anyone in football. They have arguably the worst quarterback in the league. Maybe not even arguably. They have the worst offensive line in the league. And if that wasn't bad enough, their defense has just completely given up. I mean, they, they allowed 640 yards to the Cowboys yesterday. And that was with Dallas kind of not playing that great in the first quarter. Like Dallas just absolutely steamrolled them. And I know the commanders are not as good as the Cowboys, obviously, but the commanders can score the ball at least, right? Like they can complete some passes. They can move the ball on offense. So there's, there's one nine and a half left in the market at FanDuel. I took it. Uh, I think that this number is going to 10. I think it's going higher than 10. And as crazy as it seems to back the the commanders as a double digit favorite, like from a metric standpoint, I think it's accurate. Like the Massey Peabody power ratings had the commanders as 10 points better than the Giants on a neutral field heading into last week. And I'd have to imagine that gap is wider after what the Giants did versus the Cowboys and the fact that the commanders played pretty tough on the road against Seattle. So it might be square. It might be, you know, 
me taking the low hanging fruit, but I, I just want to bet against Tommy DeVito and this team at every chance that I can. Yeah. So that is the way that I lean. Um, even though like my numbers can't get there, mm-hmm. you know, but like, that's like the gut take. And I just know, like my numbers are going to be slow to adjust to how terrible this team is. And even then, like I have them power rated as three and a half points worse than the second worst team in the league. You know, like they are, they are without question, the worst team in the league. And everything you said is correct. Uh, in terms of like, you know, Tommy DeVito, not an NFL caliber quarterback. Uh, they have a very wounded offensive line and they have a lot of injuries in the secondary now and uh, traded away Leonard Williams. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And so, uh, yes, this nine and a half, I am, I'm probably going to grab it. I am also tempted by the under, but, uh, I just, I, I, that was the same thought process last week too. And the over just absolutely crushed. And I would be worried with the, um, the 36 and a half, the 37, that we see in the market now that um, the commanders are able to put up a whole bunch of points against a defense that really can't stop anyone. And then we see the commanders just let garbage time ensue for like the second half. And the giants are able to get enough points to uh, make the over an inevitability. So I'm, you know, kind of tempted by the under, but I'm absolutely not going to bet it. Um, I might be joining you on the commanders, even though my numbers aren't there yet. Um, I don't know. I that's the way that I would be leaning in this game. Okay. The chargers on the road playing the Packers and this, uh, number is three and a half now across the market. Uh, it opened at three. It was three in the look ahead. The chargers had a valiant effort, a losing effort, but valiant and pushing effort, uh, at home last week against the Lions, 30, no, 44, 44 is the number in the market for the total. This was 41 and a half to 42 on the look ahead and has now been bet up to 44 where it uh, opened last night. LaMarca, any thoughts here on this game? Yeah, I, I could definitely see myself having a play on the Packers. Um, it might take me a whole week. to build up the courage to actually lock this bet in. But I don't think the Chargers are good enough to be three-point favorites over a competent team. And I do think that for all the Packers' flaws, like, they are competent. They had 400 yards. Sorry, Sorry. Let let me interrupt you really quick. So this was three and a half. It did move to three and a half earlier, and it has been bet back to three at every book except for points bet. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense to me, right? Like I, I think the sharps are looking at this game. There's already, I'm already tracking some sharp activity on the Packers. So it doesn't shock me that this number has come down, but I just want nothing to do with the chargers as a road favorite. Um, it, that, that kind of thinking burned me when they were road favorites against the jets on Monday night football in week nine. But, uh, I think the Packers are better than the jets at least on the offensive side. So I don't like the Packers. That's my big hang up here is that I've been lower on the Packers than most throughout the course of the year. But even so, I still show them as having a little bit of value at this number. Yeah, I was projected at two and a half. So, you know, I might be grabbing this at 
three and a half, even though I kind of don't want to. And like like you, like I don't yes. like the Packers here. But the thing is, I don't I don't want to be betting bad teams as favorites. If I'm betting a bad team as an underdog and they're at home and they're getting more than three points, then I feel much better about it. So maybe this is a spot where, where I will be betting the Packers here. Uh, all right. Tennessee on the road playing Jacksonville. Uh, another divisional matchup here. This was six in the look ahead market uh, opened at six and a half. And that's where it still is favoring the Jags. Uh, 40 and a half was the number in the look ahead market and where it opened last night. And the total is now sitting at 40 LaMarca thoughts on this game. Yeah. It feels like a nice buy low opportunity for the, uh, for the Jaguars. I talk all the time about, you know, when it, when a good team is coming off of a big loss, they tend to bounce back, uh, the, the following week. We didn't necessarily see that from the Seahawks this week, but teams that are coming off of a loss, you know, the the way that Jacksonville lost last week do tend to fare well. Um, so of a loss of at least four touchdowns, winning teams are 43, 31 and three against the spread uh, since 2005. So that's four and one so far this season. The one loss being Seattle last week, who did win the game. They just didn't cover. So the Sharps are on the Jaguars. I see this number going up. It's up to six and a half at most places. You can still get six at FanDuel. It wouldn't shock me if this closed at seven. So I think if you want to play Jacksonville, lock them in uh, now. I'm thinking about the under here. Um, you know, just divisional matchup, two teams that know each other, Tennessee, uh, I think has a, you know, somewhat competent defense occasionally, and, uh, I can see them struggling on offense. So it just, it feels like an under spot to me. There is a 40 and a half still available in the market, although this is even moving to 39 and a half at some sharper books. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm leaning towards the under here, and I might end up betting that 40 and a half. Okay. Tampa Bay on the road playing the 49ers, and this is the first game in the afternoon slate. Uh, in the look-ahead market, this was between 10, 10 and a half. It settled uh, pretty firmly at 10 and a half now on reopening. That's where the number still is. 42 and a half is the total in the market. LaMarca, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm upset that I didn't trust myself with the 49ers last week. Um, I have been fading Jacksonville basically all season. I thought it like I just looked at it and I said, man, San Francisco with Trent Williams back with Debo Samuel back. Like it just feels like this is the week that they reassert their dominance. But uh, every sharp better that I know was on Jacksonville in that game. And I just couldn't bring myself to go against all of that. Um, and, you know, the 49ers ended up boat racing them. Now it feels like the, the 49ers are back to being power rated as an elite team. Uh, and I and I don't know if there's any value with them this week against Tampa Bay, right? Like yeah. there's been some sharp action. Uh, on the Bucks at ten and a half 
uh, and even you know it's it's at eleven at points bet. The Bucks just hang around in a lot of games, right? They they can score points. They're pretty good against the run defensively. Like they're just gonna be in a lot of games. I don't know if they can necessarily hang around with a team as good as San Francisco, but it wouldn't shock me if they did. So I think 11 points might be, you know, just, just a few too many. Yeah. It it's moved to 11 at circa 11 at Superbook. So uh, if you like the bucks, I think you probably wait because this, you know, could move past 11. If you like the 49ers, you're probably grabbing them at the 10 and a half. Uh, I have this projected right at 10 and a half. The total I have projected at 42.4. So I don't think I'm going to have any exposure to this game here. Uh, the next game on the board, the Jets at the Bills. Uh, around six and a half, seven was the number in the look ahead market. It reopened at six and a half and it has been bet to seven favoring the Bills. 40 and a half is the total across the board. I will say I, or, <coughs> sorry, I already have a bet on this game. Uh, the under of 40 and a half. Uh, LaMarca, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, that I, that feels like the smartest way to play it. Um, I have almost grabbed the Jets at seven numerous times, but the the thesis behind that play is just that their defense frustrates the heck out of Josh Allen, right? They forced him into four turnovers in week one. They limited him to like 4.7 adjusted yards per attempt in their two meetings last year. Like this defense knows how to stop Josh Allen. Um, but even if they do that, the Jets still have to find a way to score some points. So by taking the under, you kind of get the best of both worlds, right? You get the Jets defense against Josh Allen, and you also get to continue to fade Zach Wilson, which just continues to be uh, one of the best decisions you can make in the NFL. Yeah, so this is, you know, hovering between six and a half and seven at different books not really sure where it's going to settle and obviously we have the bills playing tonight so that will impact a lot of where this number goes but uh yeah liking the under so far all right next game here we have the vikings on the road playing the broncos the broncos also playing tonight on monday night football so that will impact where this line ultimately settles uh actually you know yeah i i jumped ahead sorry seattle i skipped seattle we have Seattle playing the Rams. Uh, Seattle favored by two and a half on the road. 44 and a half is the total. What are your thoughts here on this game? Yeah, I don't know. It feels kind of wild that we can get a plus three with the Rams. Uh, with Sean McVay coming off of a bye at home. Like, I don't know. I, I don't have McVay's, you know, with extra time to prepare numbers in front of me, but I'd have to imagine that they're pretty good. So uh, I'm going to be tempted to grab a full field goal with the Rams, um, depending on how long that number sticks around. Right now, it seems like the only three is at DraftKings and it's two and a half everywhere else. Yeah. But. uh the Rams, if I if I remember correctly, they beat the Seahawks in Seattle. So yeah. I could I could totally see this being a competitive game in Los Angeles. Is this 
I need to look. Maybe there's a delay on on the screen I'm looking at, but it looks like this number might even be one and a half at FanDuel. Um, so interesting to see which way this number might be moving. I have it projected right now as if Stafford is out. And my projection, given that we're going from uh, Ripian to Carson Wentz as the backup, my projection is right in line with where the number is in the market right now at two and a half. So I think the market is assuming that Stafford is out, although I don't know if we can really make that assumption. Um, I have a bet on... That's the big X factor, obviously. Yeah. I have a bet on Seattle at, at two and a half. Um, I made that in the look ahead market now kind of regretting that I made that. But uh, anyway, we will, we will see where that goes. Okay. The Vikings, the Vikings on the road playing the Broncos who are playing tonight. This number was floating between two and a half and three in the look ahead market. It has reopened at one and a half favoring the home Broncos. 42 and a half was the total on the look ahead. It opened at 43 and 43 and a half is where it stands now. Lamarca, thoughts on this game? Uh, Josh Dobbs, the greatest quarterback to ever lace him up. Um, that was my one loss this week, was trying to fade the pastronaut. Uh, Dobbs sanity, as some are, are, are dubbing it. The new, like, he's just, he's great. I, I love everything about him, uh, except his choice in music. You know, apparently he's a big Creed guy, <laughs> which I, I they are experiencing expect. quite the renaissance. Creed is, yeah. Well, yeah, good for them. The, I with guess with the Rangers, with the Rangers being into Creed, that that's just too much. Yes, right, 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 right. Well, anyway, uh, I'm giving up on my mission to just fade Josh Dobbs. Uh, you kind of made the case last week as to, you know, yes, his numbers for his career might be bad, but he has played for some really bad teams, you know, and this Viking squad might be the the, the most talented team that he's played for. And uh, after watching a lot of that game versus the Saints, I, I think I agree with you. I think that Dobbs is better than what his career statistics show. So I, I'm I'm not necessarily looking to fade the Vikings anymore. Uh, there's actually been some sharp early action on Minnesota. So I want to see what happens with the Broncos tonight before making any definitive statements on this game. But I think my initial gut feeling would be to 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 back the Vikings as underdogs. So I have the Broncos favored by 2.75 in this spot so given that this number is floating around between one and a half and two um you know i'm not all that far off from market not meaningfully fall far off from market because you know it's not quite a three yet but i'll be interested to see where this goes i have 44.3 as the total so a projection here to the over but um haven't grabbed it. Don't know if I will grab it. Don't have a position on this game as of yet. All right, closing it out with the anticipated Monday night football game between both teams coming off of the bye, the Eagles and the Chiefs. This one is on the road in Kansas City. You have the Chiefs favored by two and a half in the look ahead, still favored by two and a half. Now, I kind of anticipate this number is just going to stick at two and a half for a lot of the week. If it hits three, I think sharp money is going to 
you know, come in on the Eagles. If it goes below two and a half, I think sharp money uh, or meaningfully below two and a half, I think sharp money will start to come in on the Chiefs. So I think two and a half just feels like the number where we're going to be. But I will be curious to see what happens in the market with that number. 48 is the total on the board. Uh, and that's where it was on the look ahead. That's where it has been now. LaMarca, thoughts on this game? Fascinating game. Um, I think if I were looking at my power ratings, I would say that this is an unfair line to the Chiefs or to the Eagles, excuse me. Um, like, I think I have the Eagles and Chiefs rated pretty similarly in my ratings. But let's say I did have this game rated at a one and a half as opposed to a two and a half. I don't think that that's as important as the fact that I can get Patrick Mahomes laying less than a field goal. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes the real world applications outweigh the mathematical applications. And essentially what this line is saying is that I just need the chiefs to win this game. And whenever I have an opportunity to bet on Patrick Mahomes to just win a football game, I'm pretty much going to do it. I wrote this up in the early lines piece for the newsletter, but Mahomes has played 20 games in his career as an underdog or a favorite of less than three points. And he is now 15, four and one against the spread in those contests. So like all the chiefs need to do is win this game by a field goal and you win your bet. They did that last year in the Super Bowl, And I would say that this year's version of the Eagles is not nearly as good as last year's team was. You know, specifically on defense, the Eagles are a pretty average side. Um, you've also got the fact where this game's being played in Kansas City and the Chiefs are one of the best home field advantage teams in football. And Andy Reid has extra time to prepare. And Andy Reid is known as this offensive genius who, when you give him extra time, is going to be in the lab cooking up all sorts of goodness. So add it all up and passing on the Chiefs is just impossible for me at less than a field goal. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Everything you said, uh, that's, you know, that's part of what I'm thinking here too. two and a half. That's, you know, uh, something that I'm betting here. I have this projected on the. I was projected at three. So, you know, anything under three, I'm just going to be betting it. And uh, a couple things you didn't mention, uh, Andy Reig and the hashtag revenge game against the Eagles mm. uh, or no against the spread against his former team. Not that that matters, but maybe it matters just a little. Um, and I will say Taylor Swift is going to be at this game, right? She has to be at this game. She's going to be at this game, right? They get a quarter of a bump in, in points just for that. Well, certainly you know, the like Kelsey going- props get a bump. Yeah, they're going to get the prime version of Kelsey, and uh, I think that means a lot against an Eagles team that hasn't been all that good against tight ends so far this year. So, yes, I am with you. Uh, anything, any thoughts on the total here? I don't have any, let me see here, where I have this projected. Uh, a slight lean to the under, but nothing there for me. Yeah, I, I, I would lean towards the under as well, but I think there's more value with just grabbing the, yeah. the side in this game. All right, that that is where I am as well. Okay, 
Well, uh, I think some good early leans. Uh, I'm going to need to review the notes and go make some pretty quick bets when we get off the show. Hopefully, uh, some of those numbers are still around. All right, that is going to do it for this morning after edition of the Betting Life Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. Please subscribe to the show. Let your degenerate betting friends know all about what we're doing here. Join the Discord. See all of our bets in the free Fantasy Life Bet Tracker. By the way, we've we've been on, I wouldn't say like an outright heater the past month, past five weeks, but like things have been going well in the bet tracker uh, recently. So yeah, be sure to check that out. Again, it is free. And then follow us on social media at Matt LaMarca and Matt F. The Oracle. Thank you and see you again next episode.